0: Frank Hall Adventures. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the Frank Hall Adventures. This episode is brought to you today by Slaying Your Weekend Warrior, an alternative approach to abstinence. This concise do-it-yourself guidebook is designed for achieving and maintaining long-term abstinence from alcohol in a modern society. You should pick up your copy today, just Google that some bitch, and make sure to follow Slaying Your Weekend Warrior on the Instagram at SlayingYourWeekendWarrior. Moving forward, for all you deadheads out there, my buddy is carrying on the tradition of making original artwork and Grateful Dead inspired teas. You should check him out at Shakedown Teas. On the Instagram, he does amazing work. Now, going off of the Grateful Dead inspired theme, we have a very special guest with us today in the studio. She is a teacher and an AmeriCorps alumni. She's a wonderful person, and I'm happy to have her today, Scarlet Begonia. What's going on, Scarlett?
1: Hey, Frankie. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. been looking forward to having this interview for a few months now, and I'm glad we finally set some time aside to do it. Absolutely. So what's going on?
1: Oh, life, man. Um, I'm getting ready to move out to Colorado and uh, pursue my dreams of being a teacher in all aspects, whether it be yoga or youth or... And I'm getting really excited because oh, yeah. I've been trying to get out there for about two years now, and I finally am ready. So.
0: Well, that's a very important thing. You say you're ready now. A lot of people sometimes will move when they're not ready, and a lot of problems can occur. So you, uh, you talked to me before this a little bit about your life and how there were times when you're not, you were not ready. To make certain moves, definitely. Um, do you want to kind of give us a little bit of a background on your story? What led you to where you are now, and how you were able to make such an amazing transition in your life?
1: Sure. I moved out to Colorado uh, a little over two years ago when I wasn't ready. Uh, I was in a long-term relationship with someone that I really loved, and it uh, kind of all went to shit.
0: Yeah, I know a lot about <laughs> that myself.
1: <laughs> but um. You know, I, uh, I did AmeriCorps out there and it was an amazing experience, but I wasn't my best potential self and it had a lot to do with alcohol. Um, I ended up um, breaking up with my boyfriend and I moved into an off-the-grid cabin uh, up a mountain and I had no amenities. Uh, I set up a tent inside my house and I lost my mind for a little bit. Uh, I mean,
0: aside from the alcohol, that sounds like an amazing life. And I kind of want to get off the grid myself.
1: Absolutely, but you you got to be ready to do that. And it was the dead of winter. And uh, I basically was just making my life harder at that time. Um, and I decided it was time to make some real change. Uh, so my life brought me to South Carolina where my family was. and. I still struggled out there because I was still drinking and uh, had some run-ins with the law and um, really was a huge wake-up call the second time and um, I got I got my life in order and I'm ready to go back and and try again and begin again
0: that's awesome and uh, yeah you really have garnered yourself a second chance for life and that's inspiring in itself but before we get into that what was some of the work that you did in the Peace Corps? I mean, the uh, the AmeriCorps, I'm sorry.
1: I worked for the Success Foundation serving Greeley-Evans schools. So we provided um, iPads and different 21st century technology to low-income schools. Uh, it was in the Greeley, Colorado area. So um, <clears throat> it was a, it was a area where the schools didn't have a, a big budget, and so teachers would write grants to our foundation and then we would grant them and so we were able to bring a lot of um, different innovative technology into schools that would not be able to get that normally so it was a really great experience I learned a lot about myself my work ethic um, and I I'm really happy I did it 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 taught me a lot
0: yeah it's, a, it's an amazing uh, opportunity to get into something like that and for you to be doing it it's a, it's a noble Path. And, Thank you. Thank and you. I, I think it's it's really great. And even teaching, we need teachers that are going to be able to teach people real life things. <laughs> a lot 100%. of times we're lacking that. And I think um, coming on here and sharing your stories and your your struggles. Um, when some people want to look at that and say that it makes someone any any less, I completely disagree with that. I think that coming on and sharing this. If anything makes you a better provider because you've been through the struggles, you know what life is really like, and now you could teach that to the future generations. And that's kind of the attitude that I I hope that a lot of employers will be able to take on going forward because there are a lot of people out there that really change their life completely. And the weakest part about them oftentimes becomes the strongest part about them. And in your case, that is definitely true.
1: Absolutely. I had a, an interview recently and I remember um, a few years back I used to prepare for hours and have stuff written out. And this one I was like, eh, I'm just not going to prepare and be myself. And I actually have experience now to talk about and it was the best interview I've ever had. And I did share, you know, about my past and I'm not ashamed of it because it's made me a strong person today and it's, it's a big part of who I am. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to be here and share my story today. Yeah,
0: it's, that's beautiful. Um, so with the alcohol now, what, uh, how old were you when you started drinking?
1: I was 15 when I first started experimenting with alcohol and I knew from the beginning that it was an issue. Um, but you know, in the beginning there, you're young and you, you just want to have fun and also in college you're not really sure because everyone's doing that in college but um I I knew that I I always kind of took it too far and there was certain things that would happen that weren't happening to anyone else and it was like uh hmm this is you know maybe I should keep an eye on this and I did everything under the sun to try to cut back or take hiatuses and nothing you know worked because if I took a month off that, you know, that 31st or, you know, first day of the month, you know, I, uh, would just go right back into the same ways and nothing was, was working. And, um, you know, when I was in South Carolina, I went through a outpatient program, an extensive one and saw, um, individual counseling and, um, and I, I did go to AA in the beginning there, but, I, uh, you know, I didn't really resonate with AA, so I took to yoga a lot, and that has been a major role in my mental and physical well-being today, and I want to be a yoga teacher. I'm, I'm um, When I get to Colorado, I want to do yoga teacher training and really get into the, the depths of, of yoga and share that with other people, and I want to be a teacher of all, of all, uh, of all Kinds, You know, and I the main reason I want to be a teacher is to teach kids how to be loving and compassionate individuals, because in today's age, it's it's terrifying the amount of hatred you see on social media. And if you scroll through a political post, what people are saying to each other and how they're just so heartless. And I think it's very important from a young age to teach children how to be kind to one another because that is what we need um, today and for future generations to come. We need to understand how to love one another and be a good, decent human being. Uh, that
0: That's beautifully said. <laughs> I couldn't say it any better myself, but you. you're 100% right. We're lacking a lot of ethical leaders. I Absolutely. Mean, we, America, very much business savvy. We have that mindset, but... It's also we lose the humanity a lot of times when we're trying to cut costs in, in a lot of ways and we dehumanize people and it's just like about making a quick buck. And yes. money is, you know, the, that old phrase. The, the root, root of, of all evil. evil. There you go. We're on the same page with that. But it, it really is sometimes. And, and money and debt can cause so many problems in just lives, families, and, and all yeah. all across the board.
1: The Tons reality of, of money is... You need it. You need it to survive. Unfortunately, and in the you know, but at the same time, you don't want to center your life around making money because I'm only 28 and I'm tired of working. You know, yeah. I've been working since I was 15, but you know, not good jobs. Not f- I mean, I've been a teacher along the way and everything. I'm um, I just graduated with my master's and I just have to do a few more steps and I've been a preschool teacher worked as a teacher aide, but you know, there's those other jobs that you have that aren't fulfilling and it's just that typical nine to five and people live for the weekends and it's like, you want to live for every day. You don't want to just live for the weekends. And, um, that's my goal to find a job where it doesn't feel like a job. You know, I'm doing something that is meaningful and I've always felt from a young age, I wanted to help people and in any way that I can, I will.
0: Yeah, and great point also with uh, saying that you don't want to live for the weekends, you want to live for every day, you want to be enjoying the work that you are doing. And how do we go about doing that? It's, it's a very tough thing to find. We're, it is. we're 28 years old right now, and we still don't necessarily know the path. But that's okay. It is. But what's not okay is to just be constantly miserable and then projecting your misery onto other people because you're unhappy with the lives, the lives that you chose to live. And a lot of people, unfortunately, do live for the weekends, and that's where the excessive part comes in a lot of times. That's when people just, you know, they, they can't be themselves during the work week because they're confined to these four walls of their nine-to-five living, and then the weekend comes, and now it's like complete bedlam. The out.
1: weekend warrior. Yeah,
0: there you go. That's where I came up with that idea. But Yeah, the people that go out and just party excessively, but not even partying. So many different different things. Like, yeah, you should have fun in your leisure time, but I think... People need to be really focusing on what it is that they enjoy about life, yes. and and finding that fulfillment that you spoke about because that's so so important.
1: It's as if they are escaping their own reality, and it's sad. And I I currently am working in a job that I don't I don't particularly like, but I know I need to save money before I move somewhere. And sometimes you have to make sacrifices, but at the same time. I can't believe people get stuck in this way and then they just, they just, you know, want to escape it on the weekends and it's, it's you know, you, you should live for every day and you should do something every day that makes you happy because you, as far as we know, you only get one life. So live it.
0: Yeah. Oh, as far as we know, we only get one <laughs> life. I don't know. We could talk about reincarnation <laughs> and stuff and in get into all that. It's really funny. I'm glad you brought up yoga also because uh, last week I had... Stevie Goggins, a yoga instructor yes, from South I Carolina, love her. on this podcast. And she was amazing. And she had a similar experience with alcohol and drugs. And she found yoga as well. And she became a teacher. And now she's teaching all over the world and following her passions. And I think to find fulfillment, I mean, I'm no guru, but I think that you should start at least with figuring out what you like.
1: Absolutely. You got to live for yourself. And, you know, we're so conditioned growing up, you know, listening to what everyone else is telling us. But then once we develop our own ideas, you really have to get to know yourself and find out what makes you happy inside and then do it.
0: Yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> it's do really it. that
1: simple, but it's not, you know, it's a process in, in figuring who out who you are.
0: And you got to make the smart moves. Like, you were just saying you are working a job that right now it isn't fulfilling but you know that it's just a transitional phase and it's just a temporary thing and you have to make that money to get yourself to where you want to be exactly you have a focus now you have a purpose you have a drive you have reasons to do it you have like a motive for getting out there so you have all the makings of a good decision (laughs) <laughs> instead of just running out there to escape your problems you're you you know you want to live in a place that is in accordance with your true self yes and you were telling me before about how you you love that atmosphere out there and it's hard to find that in a place when you know you're not you're not at peace and sometimes you might want to you know, change the setting and that that's there's nothing wrong with that yeah. at all. Sometimes you got to you got to make those moves and and try new things. Nothing's permanent. We could always change things, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is as long as you're making a choice for the right reasons, then Yes, that's
1: Colorado it. is my happy place and I feel that when I went out there the first time, I like we spoke about, I just wasn't ready and now I feel like I can conquer the world. I just feel like I've overcome a lot of uh, triumphs you know I've, I've triumphed through a lot of struggles and I just I'm ready I'm ready to just do me and really do it you know for me and no one else
0: yeah well to go off of the I am ready when was it that you were ready to say adios to alcohol and retire from your your binge drinking career
1: to be specific, I know the date, it's April 4th, 2017. Um, it was uh, a couple months after I got in some trouble and um, I I got arrested and I was pulled over for, for drinking. And, um, you know, I remember at that moment I, I asked the cop, do you like ruining lives because you're ruining mine? When I was the one ruining my life and I was blaming everyone around me and um you know it was everyone else's fault but it was really mine so I ended up writing an apology letter to that cop and thanking him for saving my life because he wasn't ruining it because that was the moment when I was just you know I spent a night in jail and it was terrifying and I remember trying to read the bail bond number so I didn't have to call my mom and it was it was rock bottom for sure and uh i i was you know i got out of a jail my sister picked me up she played the song um last night i took a an L, l and t- today i bounced back and she's like oh that was you i was like <laughs> oh my goodness but she was right you know because i did i bounced back and sometimes you have to take a loss to to t- to win and i love that saying um fall seven times stand up eight you know you're gonna fall down. You just gotta keep getting back up and get back up more than you fall. You know, um, and and that's what I did. And um, I'm just really happy to be like alive because I was at a point where I, I didn't I didn't really know what the meaning of life was anymore. I was feeling really hopeless, uh, really sad. And it gets
0: ugly when you when you start experiencing the consequences and you start getting inside your own head and you can't climb out of that hole and that rut that you're in, it does get progressively worse. And if you don't have any focus, if you don't have anything that like keeps you grounded, it could take you all over the place and it could take you some down some dark roads. Have you experienced any of that?
1: Yes. Um, I was extremely depressed for several years in my early twenties. Um, and I, I wasn't sure if it was just the alcohol making me like that, because I never actually fully removed it until I was 26. Um, But yeah, there was there was times when I just I didn't want to get out of bed or get up and face the day and I was not functioning like I just got to a point where I just I wasn't functioning anymore as like a human like I was just I was almost giving up and then Um, When I made the decision to just cut out alcohol, everything, my whole life did a whole 180. And everything started to get better slowly, but it did. And for anyone who's listening, if, if you're feeling the same way, there is hope. And people do recover and people do change. And you can do it. You just
0: have to believe in yourself to do it and take the steps necessary to do so. And again, beautifully said. And I just want to let everybody who's listening out there know that uh I went to college with Scarlett and I knew her through the craziness and and we partied together back in the day and we were able to reconnect uh later on in life uh when we were both going through some some issues together and we were able to help each other out in so many ways. Um she was always there for me and she actually is a one of the direct influences to Slaying Your Weekend Warrior, the the guidebook that I wrote, even becoming a thing, and what had happened with me was, I was telling her about my own feelings of depression and how I was struggling, and she had already found her way out of of the alcohol dependency, but I was still struggling, and I called her one day and I was saying, Hey, uh, you know, like this things are getting pretty bad, and I'm thinking about just taking it slow, taking a little. You know, taking it a little slow, and she's like, "Well, instead of taking it slow, why don't you just try getting rid of it completely?" Because I've been experiencing all these amazing things after getting rid of it. So, after uh, like a couple of days, I'm like, "All right, maybe I'll give that a try." It was just like, "Hmm, let's see what yeah. happens." And I, and I took, I took her advice, I took your advice, and I never looked back because that's how <laughs> amazing the benefits are to living alcohol-free, like are. And you weekend warrior came out of it and i owe you a lot of my rediscovery i, I owe a lot of my rediscovery to you and thank i can you. never thank you enough for it and you know it's it's just of been a, a great road and we've we've always been there to help each other along the way even through the darkness and now it's just amazing to still be able to have these conversations and connect with clear minds like level-headed and Pursuing our dreams every single day. It's it's one of the most amazing things
1: Yeah, there was actually an article that was written about Frankie uh, about the book and um, I was mentioned in the article and uh, You know when I got in trouble, I basically had to lay my life on the line to the prosecutor and um, I went in and told her, you know, how my life has changed drastically for the better and the good things that i've been doing and um when the article was released i sent it to my lawyer and then about an hour later she called me and said uh i got your case dismissed you're all right and uh i couldn't (laughs) believe it yeah i remember uh, that yeah i called frankie right away i was like your article saved my life (laughs) oh man um it was a it was awesome because it was like i actually did you know turn my life around there's a lot of people that get in trouble and and just blow it off and just hope they can you know get off and then they do it again but it's like that will never happen again and um you know I I thank you for that because I really think it had a prominent impact on the case <laughs> yeah
0: well you don't have to thank me you could thank Mike Smallins from the Lynbrook Herald or the thanks the L- Long Island Herald but uh yeah, no, that's an an amazing story and I remember when that happened too because I just remember being so upset because you were stressed out and you were kept calling me and you're like I'm still in this limbo state and I don't know what's going to happen to me and I just remember cuz I knew that you had changed and I knew how amazing it was and that's the thing though how do you prove that to you everyone's uh, going to like did. look so great <laughs> in court. Everyone's going to look so great in court but then I could just imagine like boom laying that article on like I influenced a future <laughs> bestseller. <laughs> so, Absolutely. how about that? But no, yeah, because again, people do actually change and the and change is real, but it's it's t- it's a tricky issue cuz you don't know who the ones are sometimes.
1: I used to think people uh couldn't change. I used to think that if you're a certain way, you're always that way, but I was a certain type of way and I never want to be that way again. And so, you know, those those memories of the hard times and the struggles that I went through remind me of, you know, the person that I want to be today. And and they're, you know, they're a reminder that I just never want to feel that sadness again. And I feel like I I wasted, you know, time feeling that way because life really is so beautiful and there's so much to be appreciative for and i find the appreciation in in the littlest things as and big things but just you know you really gotta you know enjoy yourself because that's the meaning of life to be happy and to make others happy too that you care about and um you know you just you really gotta have gratitude
0: yeah you got to be grateful for what you have at this moment. That's so important. You were saying that you're happy that you're not the way that you were. And I want to go into that a little bit, too, because when I think about Scarlett, even in the college days, I never think about you in a bad light. Uh, I know we had our crazy, our crazy partying times, but I always remember you as being compassionate, friendly, very nice, and just an all-around good-hearted person. And that that's the thing. I mean, when you change your life and you, you eliminate alcohol, you're eliminating a vice, something that is just limiting you from reaching your full potential. You already had the makings of a good person. You were just limiting yourself in a lot of ways through alcohol. And like you Thank said, you. wasting time. Yeah. I feel even to this day I wasted so much time, and that's why I'm pushing so hard. And I think I gotta like put the brakes on sometimes because I've ne- I never give myself enough credit for the things that I have already accomplished, and I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. But it's like, hold on, take a minute. Like you said, to be grateful. Yeah, you you have made these changes already. So that's something that's important for anyone out there who is in a transitional phase of their own, whether it's alcohol or whatever changes you're trying to make. You have to be grateful that you are aware that changes need to be made, and now that you're you're going to do them.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I used to be an absolute menace to society and I just like, I didn't care about anything or anyone except, you know, wh- where my next party was going to be or, or where my next drink was. And I was letting everything around me crumble. And that's, that's what I mean when I say, um, I don't want to be like that because I have you know, my, the relationships in my life with my family and friends have blossomed into beautiful relationships as opposed to me constantly pushing people away, blaming others. Um, I've gotten really close with my family, and I pushed them away for years, years because I didn't want them to know. I didn't want them to know what I was doing, and, and I didn't want them to worry. Um, so now I just feel like it's it's just important to maintain the relationships in your life and, and show care to people always, you know, I've always been a compassionate person. Yes. But I, I lost sight of that for sure. Uh, when I was in that, that clouded phase of my life, you know, but now since my mind is so clear, you really just, you really just, you grow up and you realize what's really important as opposed to what you thought was important.
0: Absolutely. How how are your parents handling, uh, the whole the whole process, watching you change, because I can only imagine what it's like to see. So I mean, I seen seen you change from my own eyes, and it's amazing. But I can imagine a parent seeing their child struggling for so long, and then, holy crap, out of nowhere, like you <laughs> said, one eighty change. Oh, like, inst- oh, not instantaneously, but you know, very quick. A lot yeah. of changes were made in a very short period of time, and that's got to be unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I would say. My parents are just happy now that I'm okay. That's all you want your kid to be is okay. And they're what they're my best friends. Like I love them and and it's just a great relationship now. And uh me and my sister are, are really close and I have a nephew and just everything's so much better and and it's because I made I made a big change that was necessary and sometimes you just have to do that even if it scares you. You should always do things that scare you in life, because then they won't scare you anymore.
0: Don't worry about that sound. That's just uh, Lacroix not having <laughs> a not having any relapses over hey, here. Hey, cheers! Cheers! I got, what, you got kombucha, kombucha over here. Oh yeah, the stuff of gods. I'm telling you. Oh, well, cheers to that! Right there. there, you go. See, I I I know there's a lot of things being said about my my great Lacroix right now, but I'm not giving hope giving up hope on them. I, I, I don't believe any of those misguiding, misleading fake news. That's it's out just there. a natural flavor. Yeah, it is just a natural <laughs> flavor. Because listen, innocent until proven guilty, and I'm going to keep <laughs> drinking this stuff until they prove me wrong. America. <laughs> Spilled a little bit on myself, but let's get back into it. Hang on. There we go. Ah, so let's get situated. There we go. Uh, so. Another thing that I like to say is uh, habits, hobbies, and routines. You know, that we got to replace our vices with new things that are going to make us positive and productive individuals. You had mentioned already yoga was something for you. Hiking is a big one for me. Me Plenty of o- other things. But is there anything else that you started to gravitate towards after you eliminated alcohol from your life that was something that was in the creative realm or something that was just fun, any type of hobbies?
1: Writing poetry was a big aspect in it because it was like a therapy, getting my words out on uh, paper, and if they rhymed, that was cool too. But um, I just, I gravitated a lot to that because I did that um, in high school. I was part of a program called Rhythm and Rhyme where you just recite your poetry. And um, yeah, that was a big a big uh, factor in, in helping me get through a lot of the, the mental challenges of uh sobriety.
0: Writing is the best. I will t- I wish more people just did it. It's so cool. I and I started when I was younger and I used to write a lot of my I wrote poetry myself and I wrote a lot of poetry uh under the influence of the alcohol. Yep. Unfortunately, but I mean a lot I mean, I had a lot of good stuff. I'm not even going to lie. Like there was good stuff, but I also what I had realized was it wasn't the alcohol; it was the creativity, and you could tap into your creativity, yeah. and your creative side, without having to be, you know, drunk as a lord. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could do it on your own. So yeah. when when I was able to do that, it was just uh, it's the same thing. But writing is very therapeutic, and it's so much fun. And then you could go back and read things that you wrote years and years ago, and go, "Wow, I was I'm still feeling the same way." Or who, like, who the hell wrote that? Like, it's just interesting to see how you evolve in in your writing and in your thoughts and your thought patterns.
1: I went back and read stuff that I was writing when I was 15 when I first started, you know, drinking and stuff. And it's so crazy because it's like I always knew that there was something wrong. Um, and if I could, I would love to share a poem. Yeah,
0: you got something in mind?
1: I do, I do. Um It's called Ironic Madness. Withdrawn in the lawn, got my socks on, and I can't even fathom the layer of the creator. The overwhelm is a realm that needs to breed the escape. I can't really explain the feeling of this self. It's a wealth of disadvantage, throwing up words to purge this urge of life inside of you. Maybe you don't know where the wind blows but you can hear the sound it's the most profound silence in the land feeding the hunger from down under but your stomach still rumbles swinging on a vine underwater it's so freeing but in the distance is a gutter of despair so unaware but I don't even care the risk of the dare compels me to cage the freedom to change the wisdom to open the dungeon and free the people of the kingdom. Find your fate. Get irate. It's a date. Don't be late. Shake the turbulence. Jump the fence. But find stillness in this healthy illness.
0: Oh, my God. that's so, <laughs> I don't even know how to react to that, man. It's just so good stuff. I love poetry, and I get goosebumps listening to stuff like that. That was incredible.
1: Thank you. And, and I-, I wrote that in my teen years. And it was like I knew from the start, like, there was, there was always something, like, just off, and, and it's kind of just saying, like... Just
0: trying to escape and get out.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, like, feeding the hunger from down under, but your stomach still rumbles, swinging on a vine underwater. That's how I felt, like, I was underwater, just, like, this chaotic, ironic madness.
0: That's It's so it's so good. I'm going to have to actually sit down and pick that apart and read it, and just because <laughs> that... Sure. It's so awesome. What was the last line again? The last line the last, was
1: but find stillness in this healthy illness.
0: It's what it, is a healthy illness? Yeah, right? well, I mean, who, who knows? <laughs> the, the uh, that's the irony, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the like the ironic oxymoron. madness.
1: Yeah. But it you know, it, that's, that's what I, I guess I felt like, you know, I was going to just sustain in this healthy illness of life. Like, what is that? I don't know, but I'll figure it Inspiring out. Inspiring <laughs> stuff. And I hope you
0: continue to write more because I would love to see Absolutely. a lot more of that in Thanks. the future. That's, awesome stuff um yeah i mean poetry's fantastic you
1: have some poems don't you
0: i have a lot of poems (laughs) but uh yeah some good some better than others i have one actually that i wrote that was um, similar to yours in that i wrote it when i was younger about alcohol before i was willing to give it up i guess i always knew it wasn't a good thing yeah i always thought that i could just kind of let it go or Whatever, whatever I thought I was able to do, manage it, oh, manage yeah. it, control it. But um, yeah, I guess there was one time. you, you mind if I read? I would love uh-huh. to hear I Share. we'll do a little, little poetry, poetry reading. <laughs> Sounds good. So yeah, I have one uh, called An Internal War. Be gone, unholy savior, so never to succumb to your tempting pleasures again. May my mind stay vigilant and never waver, for this constant crave has proven arduous to amend. Sleepless nights have filled me with morning despair. Redundant settings no longer do I yearn for. For tell me, how can a man truly fare if he cannot win an internal war?
1: That's awesome. <laughs> so I Fantastic. Got that. Yeah,
0: that, that one's actually it's in the the Slaying Your Weekend Warrior book, and it's just I, I read that back to myself uh, after I quit drinking, and I was like, wow, I wrote this years ago. What the hell's the matter with me? What took me so long? You always get here? knew. But yeah, I guess that goes again, uh, maybe we can get into this a little bit, because the recovery process, it's different for everybody. It's all an individual thing, but I think it's so important to, to note that recovery doesn't necessarily even start when, you're, when you begin to abstain. Sometimes it could take months, years, to, to start to recover in that aspect. I mean, I think you there, clearly with our writing, like there was that underlying... Desire to change, yeah, but we weren't ready yet. No,
1: and I think with with this, uh, the easiest part is actually not drinking, the physical act of just not putting the alcohol into your body. The hardest part is everything that comes after. It's the um, the feelings that you're feeling all at once that you you were numbing with the alcohol or temporarily putting on hold, and the mental um, aspect of it of just Getting a, a grip, in a sense, getting yeah. a hold on those feelings um, and emotions, and and channeling them into into, you know, you have to have positive habits in 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 line with with uh, when you got to be prepared for when you feel those those ways because. Yeah. If you go back to negative habits, you're gonna fall back into negative ways. So you have to replace the negative habits with positive ones, like yoga, like poetry, like hiking, camping. Whatever your niche is, you will find it um, and gravitate towards that, as opposed to you know falling back into the negative thinking. Because that was a big thing for me, and still is. And I'm I'm not perfect, you know. I I I still think negative thoughts, but I always recognize them, let them, you know, come in one ear, out the other, whatever, and then um, try to just think a positive thought about it or a solution. I'm always trying to find solutions to things or ways to make things more efficient, but um, it's really just changing your way of thinking entirely about life.
0: Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I used to love getting drunk. Like that was the thing for me when it <laughs> came to alcohol. It wasn't even so much about self-medicating or anything. Like I just liked getting blackout drunk. <laughs> and I really did. And I and it was when I was fifteen years old, we always just like played beer pong and all games that was just heavy intake of alcohol and we loved it and, and it was just funny and we did all those things. But when you're doing that, when you're 15, 16, 17, it's a lot different than when you're doing it at 23, 24, 25, and yes. you're making an ass out of yourself, you're getting arrested, you're hurting people, you're actually having real life consequences yeah. for your actions.
1: When you're young, it's so appealing because it's just this fun thing that you do, and there's probably not a lot of consequences when you're young, but as you get older, you realize you know, you can't function that way forever. Sure, it's, it's a
0: lifestyle that's not self-sustaining whatsoever. But also, again, well, when you're younger, there are a lot of chances that you will be able to, you know, have your bad nights and escape it without consequences. But at, at the same token, I know people that have lost their lives from just making stupid decisions when they're very, very young. And whether it's yeah. going out drinking and getting hit by a car or going out drinking and doing drugs and, and having an overdose or whatever, yeah. people do unfortunately suffer. When they're young too, but a lot of times, and from my own personal experience, and I think from yours too, it was a progression. It wasn't. Oh yeah. It wasn't just an overnight. Oh crap! Like a, a life-changing moment no. right away. No. It, was it just,
1: progressed into basically a shit storm. Yeah, a raging but I got shit on storm. my ship boots, and I trudged through.
0: Are, are we referencing Jim Leahy? Yes. <laughs> oh man. R.I.P.
1: Oh man. Love you, Leahy. Yeah, that's a Trailer great show. Trailer Park Boys. But uh, that's what I like to say. You know, it's like. You just put on your ship boots and trudge through and you overcome and 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 you will. And and you just have to believe that you will. And you just tell yourself that you will. And it's all about the way you're thinking.
0: And you do it. And that's the coolest part about it. Yeah, the coolest part. If you start I know it's hard on like if you're trying to quit something when like day one, those early days, it's just like you do not see the changes that are You don't
1: see the light. You don't see the light. But I like to I like the quote, um, you know, you can't have light without the darkness, you know, and you have to always remember the bright side of things as opposed to reveling in that or, you know, sinking into the darkness. There, There is always a light.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so true. It, that's like a, a Zen proverb or something Zen like that. This <laughs> is really, yeah, it's good stuff. And it's it's absolutely true. How could you really know happiness if you don't know sadness and grief? And how could you know the light if you don't know the darkness? So when you experience sadness and stuff, take it in, feel it, experience it. Because uh, for me, a lot of those initial feelings of regret and sorrow for my ways during the drinking times, I still use those emotions today as fuel to say I never, ever want to go back to that. Because as much temporary fun I was experiencing when I was wasted and drunk, it is absolutely not worth the long-term suffering by any means.
1: No, and it's important to feel feelings. You you don't want to numb them. You don't want to just get rid of them. It's important to feel those things because that's what gives you the wisdom to grow up and move forward and, and decide what's right.
0: I agree. Um, stoicism was uh, the AA for me, pretty much. I started awesome. getting into some really great minds of, of the ancient times. And, and I loved it. And a lot of times people think, oh, you're stoic, like you show no emotions, nothing like that. And it's not even really so much about that. It's, it's self-reflection. It's like a perfect practical guide for selfless living. And stoics feel emotions, but they are understanding of what their emotions are. And rational. And and (laughs) rational, exactly. And they know how to patient think before they act patient. and the very patient yes another great um great i don't know virtue Absolutely. patience they say patience is it's a, a big one but uh yeah there's just so many different aspects of your life that should be continuing to change when you want to eliminate something bad from your life and, and that's just life in general you don't need to necessarily just stop drinking and that's it you need, you need to replace it, like you said, and you should be constantly progressing. It's perpetual self-improvement. It's, it's yes. what can I do next, and how can I further my life? How can I better serve the world that I'm living in during the time that I'm here?
1: It's always important to reevaluate, and, you know, I was big into, like, music festivals and um, that kind of scene, and I, you know, I had to change the things that I w- was doing to to get better basically and I still love going to concerts I still do the same things and but you know you just you just don't drink while you're there it's actually better because you can drive yourself home you can remember the songs you can remember who you saw you know it's it's actually better and you're fully aware and 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 in the experience as opposed to like you know if you were drinking you kind of like step outside your your body there and it's just like you're just like a bag of skin walking around. All <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! A,
0: a bag of skin. No, that's that's really what it is. You're it's just an unconscious zombie walking around, just yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And no clue, no idea, doesn't know his ass from his elbow. It's so nothing. much better
1: to be to be fully present.
0: It it absolutely is. I remember going to Mets games when I was younger and just like showing up in the fourth inning, the waking up the next day and like not a clue. <laughs> what the hell happened in the game? I didn't even know who won sometimes and I would be there oh, for the end and it's like, yep. what? Yep. Are you serious? What the <laughs> hell are you doing? But that's what it was. How did you transition from going to shows with a lot of you know, alcohol and drug use to going to shows without that?
1: Okay, well, I have a lot of little, like, delicacies that I like. Like, if I'm going to go to a concert, I like to get kombucha tea and just have some of that before, and um, I, you know, I, uh, I'll i get maybe sometimes, like, a Red Bull or even just water. Like, it's just that, like, oral fixation thing. But I, you know, the music kind of just, like, takes me. It's not, it's not the alcohol now, you know? Like, I get, like, high on the music now, so... that's it's really the music doing doing the work there with the concerts and other activities like you know weddings and things like that like you you can still do the same things it takes a little bit you know it takes a little bit to get there but um, you just really just focus on the people there and uh, the positive things going around uh, like going on around you and um, and you'll still have a great time even better and it, it gets easier with with time. It really does.
0: I agree. Definitely gets easier with time. And uh, one of the unconventional methods that I chose to do when I was sobering up was I, I pretty much immediately started going out to bars with my friends. And I don't know, I guess some most people would go, that's probably not a good idea. But for me, it was one of the best things I could have done. Because when I would go out, and I would be at the bars at two, three in the morning, and I was sober and i saw the things that were going on it was just more of a reinforcement of a life that i do not want to live and i was seeing things in people that it was like a mirror of myself and i didn't want that anymore and it was just a reinforcing like yeah dude this is not a good thing this is actually pretty scary these people are, are in bad shape and i wasn't going out to judge the people i actually i was just going out to have a fun time and try to but that's
1: part of that self reflection too. Yeah. You know, and just realizing that this isn't what I want to do anymore. And, um, yeah, recovery looks different for everyone. You know, like some people can just go right back to it. But for me personally, it took me several months to even want to hang out (laughs) with anyone really like hung out with my sister and maybe a friend or, or two, but you know, it was hard for me at first, but it just, like I said, it takes time. Um, and, and like, you know, it just, it's different for everyone and that's okay. And you just find your way yeah. and you, you follow that path because you don't need to, you don't need to compare to others. You know, it, it's, it's, it's what's best for you.
0: You know, that's exactly what it is. And a lot of times, sometimes you get, you would think that like sober groups would be more accepting, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes, sometimes they're like, vicious. you gotta do this, you gotta, oh, you do this and it will never work. Like, like who are you to tell <laughs> me what's gonna work for me? And that's what really turned me off of a lot of the things that were out there, and that's what led me to writing an alternative approach because yeah. I feel like it's, it's different flavors of ice cream. Something that works for me is not gonna work for you. If maybe you went to a bar a couple weeks after giving up drinking, you might have been more tempted to and went back to it for me, it served its purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, when I was doing that, before I even decided to do it, I was trying to make good decisions, so I really looked at it in a in a, like a good way. I was yeah. kind of just thinking to myself, okay, well, this isn't the 1930s when AA first came out, and you can't hide from alcohol for the rest of your life, so you might as well try to do it as soon as you can. And, and this isn't to say for anybody to do it, I just knew that at some point, I was going to be watching a YouTube video and a Jack Daniel's ad would pop up or I would be at a met game and someone would offer me a drink or yeah. I would be at a wedding and there would be an open bar. And we yeah. all know about open bars.
1: Yeah, I mean the temptations are always going to be there, but I can say over a year and a half without alcohol now, I don't have um the fear of 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 drinking now. It's like it's like I don't even like when I get upset, I don't think about drinking now like I think about okay I'll take a yoga class tonight and you know like you it's it's just a it's just like that trained you know mindset that you have to work on yeah through, for the rest of your life you have to you have to maintain that but um it it gets easier it does and um and I everyone you know that's listening like you you can overcome this even even in the most hopeless times like you you can. And um and we are always here also.
0: Did you have any uh like tips or tricks for the the temptation aspect of it when someone comes up to you, Hey pretty lady, can I get you a drink? Like <laughs> something like that. <laughs>
1: That's actually happened. Um, and I just say, no, thank you. You don't even have to say, I don't drink, if that makes you uncomfortable. Just say, no, thank you. I'm okay. You know, I've gone to actual parties where the whole party is centered around a beer pong tournament. I only did that once. and it, But it, I still have fun. And I just brought kombucha. And I talked to my friends. And, um, you know, it's not my ideal hangout. But, you know, it's like you could still, do like, you know, you just... If you're if you're uncomfortable about saying I don't drink you don't have to tell someone your whole life story just say no thank you I'm good or or if you if you don't care just say no thanks I don't drink a lot of the times people respect you for that and they admire you as opposed to like oh this this guy or this girl they, they're weird they don't drink and if they think that you don't need them in your life anyway so
0: yeah I agree I I was wondering how you handle those situations because same thing yeah. to me sometimes they'll say I don't drink it, it, it that's more if they're like oh come on if they start like egging you on like, oh just have one. I'll be like, oh no, I don't I don't drink or I make yeah. it nonchalant. I mean, it really isn't a big deal. Um, it's not. but it, it's funny because alcohol is really the one drug that you have to justify not using as opposed to Yeah, using. it's a
1: big, you know, social thing in society and it you know, it brings people together in a sense, but at the same time you can do the same thing and, and not be drinking and, and have you know the same or more amount of fun and it's like it's not a necessity and it's you know i'm just glad i don't feel like crap anymore like it's 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 just not good for you and it it, you know it's just like i just life is better without it personally personally. yeah i mean (laughs) just
0: alone like i'm not even getting into like all the amazing other benefits but just time money and yes. hangover-free days yeah. alone—it's—it's it's enough to get anybody to say, "F that, man! Yeah. I, I do not <laughs> need that in my life anymore." Because it's—it's it's unbelievable. If you want to talk about the benefits of it, it's like the time and the money that I've been saving alone is outrageous.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's—it's
0: it's insane. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm just looking at it. It's like over the years, over the 11 years that I was drinking, I could have probably bought a house <laughs> with the money that I spent oh, on alcohol. It. Yeah, And that's just something that I think younger people would benefit to hear from. Because if they, they say, okay, look, all right, these guys are young and they're figuring this out. If I figure it out a little bit younger, look what, like what I could possibly do. So if we can get people, you know, it's great that there are people in their mid-20s like us that are changing their lives early. But if we can get people to do it a little bit earlier, that would be... Yeah, the key.
1: yeah, and I think that what you're going for with your book and everything and the podcast, I think it's amazing, and I, I really think that you're gonna ch- you're gonna change a lot of a lot of lives, and I think it's a great thing you're doing.
0: And I think you're gonna do that as well with your teaching because we need ethical leaders. Thank you. We have enough people that have we have enough opinions. We need people that are going to just teach kids to be good goddamn people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's it. Just be good to
0: each other. I don't know what's so hard to understand about that. And uh, what are you going to do? I think that's enough for today before we get into any (laughs) of that stuff. But thank you so much for coming on. And you're really amazing the way you – just you know you blew my mind and i'm gonna have to listen to this back and i, I got so much out of this conversation i'm but
1: really glad I, i'm thank you for having me yeah
0: i absolutely and you're more than welcome to come back anytime you want to talk about anything else because i'd love to you have a lot of great things to say thank you but that will be it for the frank hall adventures until next time i will see you later